From between the hedges at Sanford Stadium to the practice fields, from Stegman Coliseum and wherever else the Bulldogs are playing, it's time to talk Georgia sports. From the Athens Banner Herald, here are your hosts, Mark Weiser and Ryan Dennis. Welcome in, Mark and Ryan here. Your Georgia Bulldogs are 5-0, 2-0 in the SEC, just like we expected, heading now into the Auburn game. Ryan, uh, you feel like that's uh, kind of where they want to be? Definitely at 5-0, but these last two weeks, man, they leaving a little uh, to be desired as far as performance-wise. So, uh, you know, hey, Missouri's a hard place to play, though. Isn't that what Kirby Smart said? I mean... He hadn't lost there. It's not like it's that hard. And he's pretty good SEC East Road Stadiums. I think it's 17-0 now under Kirby Smart. But he did say every SEC game is hard. And, I mean, I don't really feel like those Vanderbilt road trips are necessarily that hard. I don't know. He said all the right things, I guess, after a game like that. But still leaves the fan base uh, wondering what the heck is going on. George Bulldogs fell to number two. Uh, this week in the polls, that seems about right. I put him on number two on my ballot in the AP poll. I saw that. Um, hey, you looked it up? Uh, yeah, you know, they're, one of the Reddits out there shows every uh, one of y'all's orders of whatever yeah, it, it, and, and ranks your, your your poll against the yeah, overall so, poll. Do you, do you take that to heart? Like, I want to be close to the top there? No. Well, I think – I don't know exactly what that means. I think, I think it might mean if you're near the top – then you are like totally on the conventional wisdom bandwagon. Like you are as close to the pole as possible. I don't think they're ranking you like they like your picks. No, I get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, it has statistics involved, like a mean against the average of, right. uh, I guess if you're on the bottom, then you're like really doing some wild picks. Yeah. Like you got like uh, Syracuse at three or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe so. But I was proud to see you had Kansas pretty high up in there. Well, are you a big Jayhawks fan? You know, they're, they're a fun team to follow now. I really like, uh, I like their success. Um, Zach Klein, who was on my flight going into Missouri, the, uh, WSB TV anchor, he went to Kansas. Did he? And he uh, went from the airport in Kansas City to a little road trip. I think he tweeted out or posted on social media. Went by uh, the basketball arena with the national championship. Fog Allen. Yeah, so... I thought you meant he went to Kansas. He did go to Kansas. Like, uh, in he, college? Yeah, he did go Oh, there. okay. I yeah. got you. He, I, I got you. He graduated from Kansas and gotcha. also took a trip this time. Well, I'd love to talk to him sometimes about the, you know, I'm sure you, you got to experience the fog yeah, all the time. I've never been to Kansas. I'm not even sure of, well, I guess I could have just gone from, what, Kansas City, Missouri to Kansas City, Kansas, but I didn't. Uh, I did gr- get some barbecue, some burnt ends uh, before I headed into Columbia, um, on Friday. But anyway, enough about the road trip and all that. How about, uh, I don't know, you were, you were back uh, at home um, watching on TV. I was in the stadium, and, you know, that was a little dicey there. I don't remember seeing Missouri's home crowd that um, amped up, and it, it felt like a true SEC type of road environment. You know, I feel like some of those games we've been there, it's been, you know, a day game and, and maybe not as filled as it was then. Well, if it has been filled, but a lot of red in yeah. the crowd. The trailed, Bulldogs uh, trailed until the fourth quarter, and, uh, you know, they're down 13 nothing. 
uh, 16 to 6, 22 to 12. Did you feel like Georgia might lose? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it was 12 minutes left. It was still 16 to 6, if I'm not mistaken. And, yeah, I had the the feeling that, dang, I can't believe that Georgia's going to come out of here with a loss at Missouri. And it just further proved that, hey, when you're number one, everybody is going to throw everything they have at you. Even Missouri that has looked bad at times. They lost at Kansas State. Auburn almost beat them, or Auburn did beat them on that crazy ending to that game. So maybe it's an eye-opener. Hey, you know, even as good as they looked against Oregon and as good as they looked against South Carolina, everybody's going to give their best shot. And in the SEC, when you go into somebody's stadium, hey, that 7.30 kick, man, it's, it's going to be wild. Hey, we got to uh, we got to kind of keep this segment a little bit tighter than usual. Uh, a little bit slow starting. I got to get get to practice. Listen to Kirby uh, and a couple of players later. And also, we're going to be joined uh, very soon by former Georgia linebacker Randy Curran, who uh, had a win of his own over the weekend. We'll talk about what what that means and the Auburn matchup uh, a little bit, I guess. And uh, Ryan, uh, you know, the running game got cranked up in the fourth quarter Saturday, but it certainly took a while. And you know, Missouri obviously got got worn down, and Georgia you know, made some changes and uh, were, were successful running the ball, especially after they went ahead. You know, they got the Kendall Milton one-yard touchdown run, the Dejon Edwards one-yard touchdown run. Uh, and then they, when they stopped Missouri, they, they just pounded the ball over and over again and, and never could get stopped. But early on, I mean, it didn't, it wasn't pretty. And I mean, they couldn't even, you know, Stetson with a uh, little handoff or, or put it in the belly of, I guess it was Dejon Edwards and, and fumbled and you know, what, what do you make of what's going on with the running game? Well, I mean, the whole year we've been asking that question, right? Like, why, why has the running game not been able to take off? So I think, you know, what we saw down the stretch the other day was was a good sign. Um, and I tell you what, Dejon Edwards, I feel like coming into the season, we thought this guy might have a little something to, to add to the backfield. He's been a guy that's been a, a late-game guy. But you think back, he was a four-star running back, correct, out of, out of South Georgia. He's a guy that if he gets his opportunity, he's going to take advantage of it. And I think we saw that the other night that his success, you know, is what George has been needing. And as long as he keeps gaining yards the way he did the other night and the way that he scored that touchdown the other day, that extra effort to get in there, I mean, I, I think he might be a, a catalyst, you know, and, and get equal carries with Kenny McIntosh and, and uh, Kendall Milton. Now, we've said all year, too, that this is a team that uses the pass as kind of its running game. And, and Kirby obviously explained that to us. So... I think the other night was the first time we've seen that as being a, hey, we've got to run the ball better to, to have success. And when they needed to, they finally did. I don't know if we'll see that. I mean, Dejon Edwards, 10 carries, 51 yards. But um, most of those came in the fourth quarter, uh, eight for 49 in the fourth quarter with his touchdown. I mean, Kendall Milton and you had, had the big run. I guess he was credited with 35 yards. Uh, but, you know, a little bit loose carrying the ball and got it punched away. You know, these turnovers are, are just killing Georgia. Um, it's I think it's, uh, what is it, five now in the last two games? Yeah, but you don't think what his performance in the fourth quarter is going to get him some more playing time? I do. I mean, I don't know. I think it's different when you're just running it and, and you have your heavy packages in there. Um, you know, I think it's a little different animal. I mean, can he run it like that in the first and second quarters? Or third, you know, it, it, it seems like. I think he should get a shot. 
What's that? I personally think he should get a shot. Yeah. Oh, come come to the press conference today and have uh, have Kirby. Do, you know, I think McIntosh. You know, he's known for what he's been doing in the, uh, the passing game. Yeah. Passing game, but but he had a, a good day running the ball. 10, 10 for sixty five. Um, Stetson Bennett was under a ton of pressure. I think he was sacked twice. Um, but you know, Georgia. Um, did do a great job protect, protecting him, and he took a lot of hits after unloading the ball and after the game said, hey, you know, I'm beat up, we're all beat up. Um, so Missouri's defensive coordinator dialed up a good game plan, and, uh, yeah, Bennett got rocked a good bit, but put up big numbers again, uh, 24 of 43, 312 yards, no touchdowns for the second straight week, although uh, that Bowers near touchdown, I mean, that, that would have been, a, you know, he got stopped at the one-yard line. Boy, he had a head of steam going, too, and it was just get the ball to your playmaker. Yeah, off target again. Um, you know, his accuracy has not been, um, you know, as sharp as it was earlier in the year. And, um, you know, the defense had some busts, that huge run um, up the middle, a couple guys out of position. And Malachi Stark saves a day, comes in and makes a tackle at the one-yard line, and then they, they get a penalty, end up kicking a field goal. Defense, uh, you know, the red zone issues for the offense, uh, you know, linger. But defensively, they're doing a, a good job of keeping them out of the end zone. Um, you know, those red zone woes have led to Jackpot Lesney. Uh, the last couple of weeks in particular, just really – uh, sharp and uh, twice in a row now SEC player of the week for special teams. Yeah, he's the guy that, you know, never take kickers for granted because he had 14 of the points uh, the other night out of the 26 Georgia scored. Darnell Washington is a beast. I don't know if you know that, but, um, you know, I saw when he was doing liftoff on that hurdle after his catch, I was like, what are you doing? Because it didn't look like he would have the, any chance to clear the guy. But he ended up wiping the guy out. The guy left the game injured, and I think he's questionable now for, for Florida. Um, you know, such a weapon. And, you know, it'll be interesting if uh, they can continue to target both him and Bowers. Um, just such a mismatch that, that he creates. Um, a couple other things we're going to get to, but we got Rennie coming up. Uh, let's just mention this, and then we'll get back to some other stuff from the game after Rennie. Javon Bullard's going to come back. Tyke Smith uh, played pretty much the whole way, I think, at the uh, star nickelback position. You know, whether he was responsible for the uh, touchdown pass to the tight end early in the game, maybe a, a miscommunication issue, I think, with Christopher Smith. I'm not exactly sure who was responsible for that. We'll actually have a chance to talk to Tyke tonight, uh, Tuesday, as we record this. I guess we'll probably post this Wednesday. Um, you know, I imagine they'll go back to Bullard. Okay, so you think the one-game suspension on the DUI is about right? You know, that's a, that's a trick question, right? I mean, it's, uh, under Kirby's system, yeah, I guess so. Hey, I, Kirby I, doesn't I, get to make the determination. There's yeah, a committee. Right. Uh-huh. Committee. Sure. You don't believe that. Um, one more thing we'll just mention before we, we get to Rennie is uh, Arik Gilbert made the trip. He was uh, on the sidelines, um, you know, during pregame warm-ups and during the game. And, you know, they let you take 70, but really guys 65 to 70 don't necessarily have a chance to get in the game. So the coaching staff makes a decision, hey, it's worth uh, the time um, and just to have Gilbert uh, engaged and with his team and being part of the team as we don't know exactly what's going on with him, but you know, we know he had personal issues last year and, and maybe those are still there for him. So um, it's a good sign that he's on the trip rather than away from the team. And we'll see if, if he can get into a game again this year. I don't know. Would you say Cash Jones is in the 65 to 70 player uh, list? Yeah, yeah, Cash Jones was at the game. 
and did not play. So uh, I would say he probably is there in case. I mean, you're, you you know you're down to what four scholarship tailbacks. Yeah. If you have a couple guys, uh, maybe they have food poisoning on Friday night. You need to have another running back. All right, let's uh, let's bring on Rennie. All right, joining us now on the podcast is former Georgia linebacker Rennie Curran, team captain and uh, Bulldog from 2007 to 9, and uh, recent inductee uh, into the Gwinnett County Sports Hall of Fame and the uh, UGA versus Florida Hall of Fame. Uh, Rennie, appreciate you joining us. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. All right, before we begin, uh, you always seem to be super busy. Um, tell folks what you're up to these days uh, besides supporting your Bulldogs and uh, – you know, uh, doing what, what you did Saturday in Atlanta, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So now I'm a full-time keynote speaker. I speak on leadership, teamwork, and high performance and work with a lot of schools, uh, businesses, and associations. And uh, that's what I do full-time in my day-to-day. And then I also am a leadership and business coach. I work with anybody from an executive to an entrepreneur who's looking to either improve in terms of discipline and uh, you know, time management mindset to their personal brand and marketing strategies. I was just on a call not too long ago, so I'm, I'm doing a lot of that as well. Um, being able to really take my experiences going from an athlete to entrepreneur. And then the last thing I do is I have a nonprofit called the Game Changers Foundation, where we help current and former athletes and sports business in life. And we focus on things like um, doing team visits, uh, where we're giving motivational talks, uh, also mentorship one-on-one. So we're going to be matching up former athletes with current athletes and then also helping athletes who are transitioning. So yeah, that's, that's me in a nutshell, man. I know it sounds like a lot, but I love it. Awesome. So um, I know there was a big baseball series in Atlanta over the weekend. The uh, Braves swept the Mets. And as we record this magic number, I think is one for them to clinch the NL East, but you uh, went up against the freeze uh, and if uh, people out there have been to Braves games the last couple of years, I guess it is. Um, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but uh, dude wears goggles. And what kind of outfit is that? Is that like a, a spandex? spandex. A, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but how did it come about that you uh, you got to race the freeze? And, uh, you know, I don't know what that's like. I mean, you're used to being in the stadium, 90,000 plus uh, watching you perform on a football field. But a um, little bit different, just uh, racing there, I guess, on the warning track or whatever it was. Oh yeah, it was it was crazy. It just you know, it's a crazy story how that even came about. Um, I'm you know, brave fan, born and raised in Atlanta, so I've always um, kept up with, of course, the Braves from Andrew Jones and Chipper, you know, Chipper days. Um, and recently, when I've been going to the games, of course, like everybody else, I watched Freeze and. I'm sure just like everybody else in the stands, they're like, oh, man, I, you know, you kind of think to yourself, you could ever beat them. And, um, <laughs> you know, I always thought to myself, like, man, if I ever got the chance, I know exactly what I would do. <laughs> and so uh, about six, uh, it was probably earlier this year, I reached out to the freeze as part of my uh, foundation, uh, mm-hmm. one of the events that we're doing to speak to some athletes for the uh, Georgia All-Star game. And he responded, you know, I reached out to him on Instagram, super cool guy. And he came out, did a phenomenal job just speaking to athletes about what it takes to, you know, get to the highest level. He's an uh, Olympian. Most people don't know he does a lot of things off the field, just like I do. He's a CPA and he, he's, um, you know, professional track runner, was for a while. 
And we became friends through that experience. And uh, maybe like two months ago, he reached out to me about coming to a Braves game. And so, of course, I, I said yes, went to the game. And we took a, a picture after the game, after his race. And um, I was kind of joking with him at that point. I was like, man, I, I definitely want to race you, man. <laughs> like, we got to set that up. Sure. Not knowing that, like, it was maybe like less than two weeks ago, they reached out to me and they're like, hey, are you free? on any of these days, it was his PR team that uh, works with race racetrack. So they reached out to me, sent me some dates and I was, they were just like, Hey, let us know if you're free. And, uh, told him October 1st, I was good to go. It gave me just enough time to get in somewhat of a running shape. And, uh, yeah, it was, that was a crazy experience just being out there. Uh, my adrenaline, adrenaline was pumping just as if I was playing on a Saturday in Athens and, uh, yeah, it, it was, I, I can't say enough about just how crazy the experience was. I got a, a decent start. I kind of fooled everybody. I, I started off slow and paced myself because I knew my hamstrings weren't going to make it the whole entire way. So I had to pace myself a little bit. And then once I hit the curb, uh, when they basically said, unleash the freeze, that's when I kicked it in the high gear and uh, took off and uh, even caught him off guard. So it, it, it was an awesome experience, like I said. Well, I was just going to say, uh... You didn't see the video out there. Uh, Rennie uh, beat him to the tape, I guess it is. So uh, he, he got the, the win. So congrats on that. Uh, Ryan has a question. Thank you. Yeah, you mentioned that, uh, I guess, you uh, you prepared for it. I mean, did you go in with a strategy knowing that here's when the freeze is going to be unleashed and I'm going to jog to this point and then I'm going to run as hard as I can? Is that how it kind of went? Oh, yeah, I did kind of have a strategy. I, I knew that I was going to get a couple, like maybe five seconds before they unleashed him. So my thing was I just didn't want to come out the gate, like going, you know, boss to the wall, sprinting full speed, because I knew that probably with 20 yards to go, if I did that, then I would be dog tired. Like I would not be able to finish the race. And most likely he was going to catch me at the end. So I was like, I like my chances if I can just pace myself until he takes off. And the minute he takes off, I'm going to be gone. When I watched the video, actually, he took off early. <laughs> he, knew, he knew, I guess, with me being, you know, my athlete background, that he couldn't give me the average um, start like everybody else. So he he did uh, leave a little bit early. So my plan almost failed. But, um, yeah, ended up ended up working out. And it was perfect timing because in the game, uh, Dansby, like, we were down for a while. The Braves were down, and I think, about, like, one point. And then uh, Dansby had hit a home run. And so the, the crowd was fired up, man. It, it was just, yeah, it, it was an amazing atmosphere. We ended up winning, of course. So, yeah, just put the icing on the cake. You mentioned it was like playing in Sanford Stadium. What was the crowd reaction like, uh, I guess, during the race when you won? And uh, were there a lot of Bulldogs fans there that, you know, hollered at you or barked at you or whatever they might do? Oh, yeah, so many Bulldog fans. I mean, I, I knew Bulldog fans were going to be there just because it was a way game. For us, but when I, you know, finished the race and just saw everybody standing up and just, uh, you know, people yelling "Go Dogs," man, it just made me feel at home, and it was it made the event that much that much sweeter. You know, I took probably a million. I mean, I, I don't know how many pictures I took after that with Bulldog fans, and then just saying uh, how proud they were, and then you know, posted on Twitter, and that exploded. So yeah, it was just a, a crazy overall experience, and I tell people all the time like it's it's just an honor to be a Bulldog, man. To come you know you play those four years and you think that's kind of it but years later like people still remember you people still uh consider you family in a way and it's it's really really cool and an awesome tradition to be a part of Rennie, obviously uh, it's been a great time for the uh georgia fans and former players 
the last uh, you know season and almost a half now as Georgia you know won the national championship and we're on number one in the polls for a couple of weeks and kind of curious your take on um, you know these last couple of weeks where where they've won but uh, been pushed uh, you know by Kent State to a certain extent and then certainly against Missouri uh, you know do, do you see uh, is this a kind of a shift for uh, this team uh, with the adversity they've had or, or do you think they can get this thing back rolling pretty fast? Yeah, honestly, I mean, I've talked about it before, but our biggest enemy, uh, at, when you look at the beginning of the season, how well we we started out and and just how the level of competition, when you look at our schedule, that it wasn't that intense. It, it wasn't anything extremely challenging uh, after Oregon. Um, I knew that our biggest enemy was going to be ourselves and, and us getting complacent and forgetting the things that got us to that elite level. And you can kind of start to see it now, this week in, week out. We're kind of slipping in different areas. And we're still young as well in, in certain areas. But overall, we're, we're starting to do things that we normally haven't done in the past. You know, dropping balls, missing blocking assignments and different things like that. But at the same time, we have an amazing coaching staff. So that I'm not worried about. Like, And, and this is a thing that great teams have to be able to do. They have to be able to when they do start to slip off they have to be willing to and able to go back to drawing board make those halftime adjustments and um, get back on track which is something that we have been able to do so um, I, I definitely think with these early challenges that we're having it's going to help us down the line to um, not get complacent and not get comfortable and, and continue to you know it's going to continue to remind us that we have to stay on top of our game and also let us know early on that we're going to get every single team's best shot. Like you don't just put first rounders, you know, like we did in the league and think that everybody else doesn't want those to get those first round positions as well. So everybody that plays this is looking at chops, knowing that, Hey, if I can perform against these guys, I have a shot at the next level, like not just to, you know, be a recognizable name in the sec, but, and, you know, it can, it can have some dollar bills attached to it. So that puts the target on your back. And um, I think we have to respect that. And, and these guys have to really, stay on top of their game and know that, like I said, they're going to get every single team's best shot. Let's go back to January when everything was absolutely on the right track for the Bulldogs and the national championship game. T tell me, what were you doing? Where did you watch? Uh, How did you enjoy the game? And and as a former Georgia player yourself, what type of pride did you take in the Bulldogs winning that championship? Yeah. So I watched the game, of course, uh, in Indianapolis, freezing cold, but – was glad to be up there. There's, there's so many events going on. And, and that's one of the cool things when you're uh, done playing that you don't realize takes place. This is all the all the things that are happening around you. It's just so focused and locked in on the game and preparing and uh, making sure that you know your assignments that you don't even realize it. But as a former player, you get to enjoy it. And, uh, you know, see all those people who, who uh, used to watch you play up in the stands and actually develop relationship, relationships with them. So that's a lot of what I was doing before the national championship game, just connecting with people, connecting with fans, old teammates, just taking it all in, having fun. And, um, you know, when we finally did get the win, man, it was just so surreal. And I was just extremely proud of the guys and just all the adversity they had overcome. And I think, you know, for a lot of us, we forgot that in 2020, you know, very uh, not too long ago, we were talking about not even having a season. You know, there's just so much going on in the world. So to see these guys like bounce back, man, and not just have a good season, but to be as dominant as they were and, and you know, make something happen that hadn't happened in so long, uh, it was you, you can help but just to be proud. And then for me, I have a personal relationship with a lot of those guys. 
from Nicole Dean, uh, you know, to Nolan um, Channing. I mean, so many of them, I, I saw them or met them when they're in high school and, you know, talk to them from time to time, mentor them at times uh, when they have different questions. So it was just cool to see them accomplish something um, that amazing, man. And to know that, shoot, you know, just like I, you know, I've been done for 10 years and people still remember me like they are legit legendary at this point. You know, they're, they're never, that's something that's never, ever going to be forgotten. And that's pretty cool. Just know you work that hard and that that's going to be etched in, in history forever. Randy, I'm curious your impressions of the new wave of inside linebackers that are kind of, uh, you know, uh, the, ne the next guys that probably will, you know, maybe uh, go in, into the next level themselves. Uh, Pop Dumas Johnson and, and Small Mondin, um, you know, what do you see when you watch them play? Uh, what does Georgia have at that position? Yeah, I, I definitely see playmaking ability. These guys, I mean, they, they've been able to step in. Smile Monday, and especially anybody who knows anything about football can see the, the level of uh, ability and talent that he has from sideline to sideline. I think he used to play running back, so he has that. You can tell he has that instincts to understanding angles and um, just understanding how to, how to move around the field and whatnot just from having that experience. And then uh, Dumas, he definitely shows uh, ability still waiting to see kind of uh, him be even more consistent. You know, he's definitely a leader. And I, I think that's one of the main things that has him on the field. Like he has that leadership ability. He knows what he's doing out there. He knows the game, but is he a guy that can, you know, consistently make, you know, uh, five to 10 tackles a game and get off those blocks when we need him to and, and make those plays. I did see us get gashed a couple of times. And of course, you know, it's not just on the linebackers. We got to have a solid, D-line, you know, it's no different than the running backs and us being able to run the ball. We need effective blockers. You know, we need the, the schemes, um, you know, executed in the right way. So I think that's going to be an even bigger story is how well our defensive line progresses after losing Jordan Davis. You know, it, it can't just be all on Jalen Carter. Like, we got to have a supporting cast. That's been the difference um, these last couple of years when you look at our linebackers and their ability to make plays is, is not just them. It was the guys up front who were holding up those blocks and, uh, guys who were playing dominant up front and uh, and making things easy for our linebackers, giving them those lanes to run through. So I, I think, you know, the more that they they progress as a unit in that front seven, the better all of them will do collectively. I know Mark Rick obviously played an important role in a lot of players' lives. Do you still keep in touch with him? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I was just texting uh, Coach uh, Coach last night. He was saying how he would have smoked us both. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but nah, coach, coach is awesome, man. Uh, really love him, man, as as a man and just the person that he is. And even with everything that he's going through right now, he just you know continues to uh, just keep his faith and and keep you know the humor going. And and uh, every time I I talk to him or text him, he's always in good spirits. And um, yeah, just and thankful to to have him to have had him as a coach, you know. And that that's something that is is going to be special to me and all the rest of the guys. Just just knowing that we had the opportunity to be coached by him and, and that we even more importantly have a relationship with him to this day. You know, and we know that if we invite him to the wedding or to, you know, a party or whatever, like nine times out of 10, he's going to show up. And that's just the type of person that he is. And that that's special. Randy, just a couple more things before that you go. Um, you know, there's some pregame kind of chatter and maybe a little bit of uh shoving or or just getting each other's faces between some of the Georgia defensive linemen and uh, some Auburn linemen as well. Um, do you, you remember some of that kind of stuff going on oh, before yeah. games? And 
you know, is that, you know, troublesome at all? Um, like, do you look, look at that as not being focused or just being amped up? Uh, like, what do you make of that? Yeah, it's, it's definitely part of the game. I mean, you're, like, we're going against Georgia Tech, I think it was. Um, Florida, same thing. There's always going to be that chatter, and that's, that's just part of that hype, man, that buildup of the game and, and just things that add to the the intensity, man. I, I miss miss that, you know, the, the pregame chatter, meeting up at the 50-yard line, and, and we're talking smack before the game. That That's just part of it, and uh, you're not going to be able to separate that. If, if guys are having a hard time getting fired up, and, and, you know, there's not a little bit of that. You kind of wonder how much they really want it and uh, how, how bad they're willing to go for each other. And so, um, that yeah, that that's what makes it fun, man, is, is all the smart, smack talking, um, the intense moments, uh, what happens in the pile, you know, which we can't talk about on here. <laughs> but uh, all, all that stuff happens, man. It's literally like you're in war when you're out there. It's, it's guys who are trying to chase their dream, guys who – you know, have something to prove, guys who have a chip on their shoulders. Some of the guys out there, they were told they can never be at that level. Um, or, you know, even they may have gotten blasted by a guy the last time they played. So there's all those little things going on. And then with us being number one, like I said earlier, too, we're everybody's trying to prove, you know, or, or trying to show us up or trying to run us over. You know, if you have that number one uh, position and everything, because they know once they get that film, that's going to speak values in terms of the type of player that they are. So they, they want to be the bully, um, which we are right now, or which we have been. So, um, yeah. So I think you went three and zero against Auburn when you were with, with Georgia. Um, and they've obviously had the Tigers number in the last several years as well. Where, where does this robbery rank for you, you know, among the others that Georgia has? And I know there's so much focus on, you know, getting to the playoff and maybe repeating this year's national champions and, Right. Yeah, I don't know how much the rivalry talk is is as much uh, as just you know getting the getting another big win. Yeah, when you're, I mean, you're wearing that red and black jersey. All of them are at the same level. South Carolina, Auburn, Florida, doesn't matter. Each week, you know, um, not only the intensity of of how much it matters, but also the history. And I think that's one of the things that Kirby has done an amazing job of is instilling just that reverence and that respect. Um, you know, when it comes to these guys understanding like the weight of of uh, the position that they carry and them honoring the players that came before them. And, um, you know, I, I talked to Keely Ringo and, um, you know, it was nothing but respect. Hey, man, like he, he showed nothing but respect and honor and just let let me know. Uh, and I've only met him a couple of times, but he's like, man, it's all about the G. We, we really want to honor you guys. We really want to make you guys proud. Like those are the words that came out of his mouth. So. You know, I, I know without a doubt that these guys are taking it serious. And for me as a player, when I played, man, I can only think about when I was 10 years old and it was after Little League games and I would be in my Little League coach's car listening to Larry Munson and, you know, listening to the games where David Green was going against Auburn or, you know, uh, Quincy Carter, whoever it was, man, like how special that moment was and how how big it was, man. Um, knowing going into that game when I played that there's some kid watching me that's thinking the same exact thing. So it, it really doesn't have a ranking in terms of, of rivalry. You just know that when you're playing against Auburn, you want to get that win. You play against Florida, you want to get that win. You you want to win them all because they're, they're just all so special and all matter so much. Randy, we appreciate you joining us. And maybe uh, next time you're in Athens, Ryan can race you down Middle Avenue, see if uh... – <laughs> yeah, faster. Hey, you got to give me uh, about a, a head start. 
Nah, no, <laughs> no head starts. <laughs> Not for me. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. Yep. Go dogs. All right. We thank Randy Curran for joining us uh, on the podcast. And uh, Randy's got an event. I should have mentioned this earlier. Uh, on Thursday night, his Game Changers Foundation. Uh, it is at Top Golf in Atlanta, 6 p.m. Top Golf Atlanta Midtown. Ryan, you played that one before? Yeah, I've been to both Atlanta. Well, I guess there's three. I've been to a few Atlanta locations. Okay. You ever been to a Top Golf? They're fun. Have I been to Top Golf? We've yeah. talked about I've been to Top Golf. Yeah, I've been to the one uh, more in the suburbs than in downtown. Buford. Yeah, yeah, Buford yeah I've been to that one a few uh-huh. times. Uh, so, so some celebrity attendees, food, drinks, a silent auction, and a hole-in-one contest. And one of the celebrity attendees just might be Ryan Dennis. I wonder how you get a hole-in-one at Top Golf, though. I, maybe they'll. I don't know. Maybe they set up. Maybe they're saying you're going to hit it in the middle of the target. Yeah, that'd be cool. All right. Uh, what do you pick up, by the way? Which which club uh, when you're doing the top golf and you're trying? I got to get loose first, so I go small. I think I go pitching wedge first. But by about I don't know 30 minutes in and a couple drinks, it's all driver hitting it to the back. All right, uh, Ryan. A couple things. Um, we, we've been meaning to play. We we need to do that ourselves. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, we'll do that when I win my, uh, you know, sports our, our bets for the season. Well, I don't know how the food is at Top Golf. I don't really. It's eat pretty food. solid. Is yeah, it? All right, so we'll good. do that. A little combo there. That'll be good. Nothing like January Top Golf to, <laughs> to, to get the thing. Uh, hey, Ryan, what, what do you think? Um, was that a chop lock on Jalen Carter, who was out for one to two weeks? Kirby said, and given the fact that they play Vanderbilt next week, there's no point in even playing him. Let him come back from his sprained MCL after the bye week against Florida. Um, what do you think? Was that was that a dirty play? Because, and that's what Zion Lowe called it. Uh, he was engaged with another blocker, and the tackle came and, and hit him low with the helmet. Well, I think he got himself into some trouble, right, pregame. That's what we kind of were talking about. I don't know if they, I don't know if you can link about. the two. I don't know if that's what that was about. You don't think that they took out some, I mean, I mean, George's you know, best player? No, I, I think it had less to do with that. And I don't know exactly what ankle Jalen had been struggling with this season, but, like, if you know he's already trying to play through an ankle injury, you know, you don't think they're like, hey, if you're going to block him, block him low, and, you know, maybe. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, that, that would be – that would be an all-time dirty play, and I don't know if that's something that you know that a team would want to to be known for or have that reputation yeah. for. So Kirby you're was asked. Right. Kirby was, was asked a couple of times. I asked him the second time. I asked him directly, "Was it a chop block?" And he he didn't want to go there. He said, "You know, it doesn't really matter what I think." Which, if he says that, I think he means it probably means he does think it was a chop block. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're probably right. All right. Well, uh, I mean, to me. They've kind of been playing without him to a certain extent this season anyway. I mean, they're not getting as much out of him. He's not getting that many snaps. He's coming in on important third downs and, you know, uh, but it's not like this is a new deal. They haven't really had Jalen Carter like we expected they would for much of the season. Right. Um, but, they, uh, you know, on the other side, they get Arian Smith back this time. And uh, I asked Kirby after the game on Saturday, you know, were some flaws exposed? And he said, well, you know, there, there's kind of flaws exposed every game. But he said, what we need is some, you know, guys that can come, you know, make some plays uh, at wide receiver. And Arian Smith had, a, I think it was a seven-yard catch. Mm-hmm. Um, Encouraging to see him out there playing, and uh, Kirby said, "You know, Ron Corson didn't think he'd be back this fast." Um, so, Ad Mitchell, does he get back this week? And how much have they been missing him? 
I think they're missing that deep threat that he provides and the able, ability to go up and, and, you know, catch the ball like he did in the national championship game last year. But, um, you know, like you mentioned about Arian coming back, talk about a threat that could provide that too. If you got both of them on the field at the same time, that's quite a luxury to have. But also, y'all got to talk to him yesterday some, I think, at the Monday media thing was Don Blaylock, and it's really good to see him. Yeah back in the mix because I, I honestly thought he was just kind of done you know I, I thought mean, I thought we might see him here and there but right. I didn't think he'd play too important of a role and, and it's really good to see him back out there I mean really snatched that ball on that third down important yeah. important catch and had another one on the uh, game winning drive so you know yeah Don Blaylock I mean different kind of guy but you know, more of a, a possession guy I would say almost to a certain extent um, but Dependable, reliable, and you know you had uh, Lad dropping another pass the other day. Mm. Um, you know, kind of uncharacteristic of him, but you wonder if it gets in his head a little bit now. So we'll see how that that turns out. I also but, noticed that Lad fair caught every punt. I do believe. Yeah, didn't you ask Kirby about for catching it? <laughs> I don't. I remember asking him before the yeah. the, the the snafu uh, in All the right. Kent State game. Quick, uh, quick basketball. Uh, well, two quick things for basketball. They got a commitment the other day. Uh, from uh, a top 100 guy, uh, Ryan. What do, you, what do you know about uh, their new commitment? Yeah, he's got a great handles. Uh, you know, Bickett. Now he's a power forward. I do know that. And uh, you know, anytime Jordan gets somebody in the top 100, I call that a win. So good for Mike White getting coming in and getting uh, you know a, a good recruit right off the bat. Now you know, can he land the Anthony Edwards of the world and pull in some top 10? We'll have to see, but uh, you know that's a good that's a good start for Mike White. James was the guy's last name. Um, what was the first name Ryan? I don't know, but it wasn't Adrian James' son. We determined this He's morning on a tonight call. And, and yeah, the crystal balls for him. Uh, this was Dylan James, four-star power forward. Um, the crystal balls uh, two four seven does that. I guess it was. Uh, they're, they're having him go to Cincinnati, so maybe they're not going to get get that guy. But anyway, Stegmania is Friday uh, night with the women's team. I think Quavo is a uh, guest uh, star. Right. And I, I don't even know if he's doing a concert or if he's just like a guest judge for the slam dunk contest. Sitting in the front row. <laughs> I don't know. Quavo. I don't know. Um, but who's the best dunker, you think, for Georgia? The dunker? Yeah, like who will win a dunk contest? Oh, we know who that is, right? You, Cario Kendo? You're assuming it's him? Are we talking men or women? You're talking, well, the women are not doing a slam dunk contest. They're doing a three-point contest. Uh, Cario, man, he's a flyer. He, he, he reminds me some of uh, the old Travis Leslie. I'm going to say look out for uh, newcomer Terry Roberts, uh, who uh, I saw posted on social media. He did a nice dunk in practice. So sometimes it's the little guys that, um, you know, that maybe get the crowd excited because uh, that's all is Terry Roberts. Well, you hey, know, he's not that little. He's you think about three. Spud Webb. Six three. Nate Robinson, uh, yeah. you know, back in the day. Uh, yeah, those guys, it, it does seem to defy gravity when they go up. and. I don't, I, I'll take that back. He's not Muggsy Bogues. He's 6'3". All right, um, Ryan, let's make our picks. Let's go over last week's picks, which were nah, a, we good. We good. a certified disaster for me. Okay, good. Then Yours too? Four and nine. Okay, I think I only counted 12. Okay. I think I was four and nine. If not, I was four and eight, which sounds better. All right, I'll let you go four and eight. I went three and nine, unless I missed one. I don't know. I'm now 30 and 41 overall. How, what are you? 30 and 41. Okay, well, I'm 26 and 36, according to my calculations. We'll have to figure out where I'm a game over. All right. 
Yeah, I think you're doubling up. I don't know. Um, I started off strong, but the last two weeks have been whew, not good. Uh, so if you're out there listening, just do what I, whatever I pick, go the other way, and uh, don't follow these. But um, okay. Ryan, Tennessee at LSU, it's the Vols by two and a half. It's a noon kick in Baton Rouge, and I think even if it was a night game, I'd probably take the Vols with two and a half. So give me Tennessee. Yeah, the way Tennessee has looked and the way LSU is, is that, you know, they're undefeated still, right? Does that, does that add up? Uh, no, they lost to FSU uh, yeah. in the first game, but they've undefeated since. But I think Tennessee's a pretty strong team. So, yeah, give me Tennessee to cover the two and a half. All right, we've got Missouri at Florida. Tigers coming off a uh, – I mean, they played about as well as you could expect that they might against Georgia. Gators by 11 and a half. Not buying the Tigers to keep that consistency, though. I'm taking the Gators at home. Uh, Missouri was kind of crushed at Kansas State, so I'm taking Florida laying the 11 and a half. I just don't trust Florida just yet. I, I don't. I don't see. I don't see. You know, much consistency out of them either. So I, I think Mizzou can cover that. Keep it within 10 or so. All right, Texas at Oklahoma at the end uh, of the State Fair. Boy, this is a dud of a game all of a sudden, isn't it? Future SEC matchup. Uh, right, not much buzz for this game. It's the Longhorns by six and a half. Ryan, I'm gonna let you make the pick. Uh, yeah, you know what? I mean, Oklahoma's struggled big time the last couple of weeks, but I mean, I don't think Texas is any better in Oklahoma. So give me Oklahoma to cover. Nope, Sooners are a mess. Uh, with two two losses in a row now, got blown out by TCU. I'm taking Texas and. Uh, Matthew McConaughey will enjoy the, the uh, victory. All right, all right, all right. TCU is at Kansas, speaking of which. Hey, you know who else is there? Game day is there. College game day. TCU favored by seven and a half. Um, they drilled Oklahoma, but I'm going to take tech, Kansas to keep it close. And, um, you know, I don't know if they're going to win, but they will uh, take advantage of that seven and so a half. So TCU is a, a seven and a half at Kansas. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, give me Kansas to cover. Arkansas is at Mississippi State. It's the Bulldogs by eight and a half. Ryan, go ahead and make your pick. Yeah, Arkansas coming off a couple of rough weeks there. Uh, and Mississippi State sure does look good. And uh, then you get uh, coach talking about weddings and stuff on SEC networks to follow. Uh, that's got something else. Give Mississippi State to cover. Yeah, I, need, should we, uh, I wonder if I should go to Starkville. I need to pitch this the week of the game just so I, I could do a story on, um, you know, Leach's kooky press conferences. And <laughs> we'll just come up with, like, maybe we'll have the readers give us some, uh, some questions to ask. Yeah, off the top, first thought when you look at Uga, I bet he give you oh, something. He's done that. He's talked about it. About, oh, really? Yeah, mascots before. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess they're Bulldogs too, but. Yeah, yeah, he's done that. Okay. Well, yeah, he did it at, uh, at West uh, – well, I'm trying to say Washington State. Yeah. Where he, he, you know, so right. which which mascot would dominate another or something like that. Taking the Bulldogs, Arkansas's defense uh, not not uh, on top of its game. Wisconsin's at Northwestern. The Badgers just fired their coach. Northwestern hasn't won, I think, since Nebraska in Europe. Where's that? In uh, yeah, it was in Ireland. Ireland. Mm-hmm. Badgers by nine and a half. Ryan, what are you doing? I think Northwestern keep it close. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes you see teams inspired by firing, kind of like Georgia Tech last week. But I, I think uh, I think Northwestern keep it closer than nine and a half. I agree. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take. Now I need to Google up Northwestern's football record because I don't want to be wrong by saying they hadn't won a game since then. But I don't think they have. They lost to some bad teams. 
Uh, yes, one and four overall. So uh, I was correct on that. Uh, all right, so we're both taking Northwestern. Utah's at UCLA. It's the Bruins getting three and a half at home. I am uh, feeling UCLA after they crushed Washington. So uh, give me the Bruins in this battle of Pac-12 supremacy. You know, I feel like UCLA's coming off one of those games where they look better than they might be after beating Washington. And Utah did the same, honestly. They crushed Oregon State last week. But I think Utah goes in, and I, I think they win this outright. So I think they cover. Duke is at Georgia Tech. The Blue Devils by two and a half. Oof. Interim coach Brent Key went to Pitt and pulled the upset. I will be taking Duke. I think uh, Georgia Tech is going to be uh, riding high from that. And I think Duke's a pretty good team. Yeah, you're probably right. I, I think I agree with you. Give me Duke. All right, Ole Miss is at Vanderbilt. It's the uh, Rebels by 18 and a half in Nashville. Ryan, go ahead and make your pick. Yeah, Rebels cover the 18 and a half. I can see Ole Miss messing around on this one, but ultimately I think that they will cover that number. So we agree. I think we're agreeing on too many of these. North Carolina's at Miami. The Hurricanes by three and a half. They had a bye week, but uh, I'm going to take the Tar Heels getting those points in. I don't think it's South Beach and Coral Gables. Now, where do they play this? I think they play this at the Dolphin Stadium, right? So. Mm-hmm. Wasn't somebody talking about building them a new stadium to make? Yeah, they're uh, they're big boosters talking about yeah. that they need to get a new Probably stadium. Probably a good idea. I, I'm with you. I have to agree with that too. I think uh, you know Miami. Who they lose to the other day? Middle Tennessee, who then got walloped by somebody lesser than them. So give me North Carolina to cover the three and a half. All right, two more to go. BYU is at Notre Dame. It's the Irish by three and a half. Ryan, go ahead and make your pick. Uh, give me give me BYU uh, to go in there and cover the three and a half. I'm gonna take Notre Dame at home. Um, you know I don't feel as uh, kind of the BYU is as strong as they were in the first couple of weeks. Um, right, they went to Oregon and lost. The Oregon's been on a roll pretty much since that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. So I'll take I'll take the Irish at home. All right, the last one is Auburn at Georgia. The Bulldogs are favored by 29 and a half points. Golly. Now, let me say this. Twice in a row, I've gone with your Georgia Bulldogs with a big number, and twice in a row, uh, they've uh, hurt my uh, win-loss record here on these picks. Uh, Auburn's been in two close games the last couple weeks, uh, beat Missouri, lost to LSU. Georgia's been in two close, close games the last couple weeks. So when you see close games, both teams, huge point spread, this game won't be close, but it won't be 29 and a half, I thought. But then I kind of second-guessed myself. I was going to take the Tigers on the points, but it's the first road game for Auburn. Young quarterback. The way this, I don't know, young is inexperienced. But the way this series has gone, I think Georgia's going to end up covering that number. I'm going to take Georgia, you know, maybe it'll be a 38-6 to six game, which means that they will cover. That is true. That's a that's bold strategy, considering how they looked the last two weeks. I was on the same wavelength as you, though. I was thinking that this seems like a bounce-back game for Georgia, uh, 3.30 CBS game. I can't believe Auburn's played five games all at home. I mean, that's yeah. kooky. That's not smart scheduling, if you ask me. But I'll, I'll go opposite of you in this case because of the way that Georgia's looked. They're going to they're gonna have to get back to their old selves to convince me that they can beat Auburn by more than 29 and a half. So I will go Auburn to cover that. All right, we'll see if, you know, maybe I can go 500 for the week. That would be good. Mm-hmm. Feel good about that. Um, you know, Ryan's going to go right, right now and, and do a little run on Millage in case Rennie shows up to, to race him. <laughs> but Ryan likes to run, so I don't know. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm picking against Ryan. 
But I don't run fast, Mark. Oh, that's okay. the thing. All right, I see. This, if this, you're saying this was a half marathon you'd have running? Oh, yeah. He, he, no chance. Right. I mean, he ran a lot of stadium steps in the day. He's probably pretty... Has pretty no, it made my heart feel good when he said that Mark Rick said that he would have beat them both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can just picture him saying that. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks. Uh, have a great week and uh, enjoy the game on Saturday. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. See ya.